0: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the Steelers post game podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, co editor of the dot com. Joined with our podcast producer Brian Anthony Davis and the other co editor Dave Schofield as we break down the Steelers' unbelievable come from behind win, twenty eight to twenty four at Heinz Field in Week sixteen. It clinches. The AFC North and a lot of other stuff could go wrong, could go, not wrong, but could go right in the next coming weeks. We're going to talk about week 17 ad nauseum this week as we lead up to that season, regular season finale in Cleveland. A lot of news will be coming out with whether the Steelers are going to rest players, things like that. But as we always do, this is the type, this is the part of the show where we talk about the defense. We talked about the offense earlier. Let's get to this super chat first before we get started uh, match gives us $5 with the Browns players and COVID protocol. Are they able to come back next week? It'll still be within the 10 day window. This is Dave. Correct me if I'm wrong. This was the change to the protocol that everyone was talking about. And that was the fact that even if they're asymptomatic, they, the NFL used to, have different. They used to differentiate between symptomatic and asymptomatic carriers. The only thing is that if these players were put on the list not because they test positive, but because they were high-risk contacts, they should be able to come back before the game of Week 17. But if those players test positive, there is no way that they play in that 10-day window. So keep that in mind. Dave, did I get that right, you think?
1: All right. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. If you <laughs> if you got it exactly right no matter what if you have a positive test it's 10 days
0: right but i don't think those yeah. players that missed on cleveland they don't. you're talking were about virus contact. close
1: contacts
0: yeah close yeah. contact
1: i don't think is the mandatory 10 days that's the thing that you have to look yeah. at That i'm not exactly sure for sure
0: and at this time you sure. know honestly real quick let's start this part of the show off this way if you're mike tomlin How do you handle the game next week in week 17? I know that the Bills still have to play, but it looks like the the worst the Steelers can do, actually it is the worst that they can do, is the three-seat. Maybe they bump up up ahead of the the Bills. I believe if the Bills were to lose. But guys, how do you handle week 17? Brian, we'll go with you.
2: Well, it's interesting because if you're asking Mike Tomlin, I could hear him right now. On his press conference, he's going to say, hey, we don't care who we play. We're just just going to uh, take whoever's dealt. Out to us you know I don't really think that you're going to make a decision based on your opponent I really think the decision is going to be made whether they want to take the bye week back I think they need to take the bye week back next week because if if it's me I'm thinking need to these guys and we'll and we're professionals enough to take on whoever is thrown at us on the playoff schedule so I what? think you've got to take the buy.
0: Let's take it a step further. If you're going to take the buy, who do you rest? We know Ben, we know ben. you're going to rest Ben. Is there anyone else? And if so, who I rest TJ. Okay.
2: Anyone And else? I rest maybe Hayden. I rest maybe Hayward. Um, I'm resting mate. Oh, there's hardly any linemen to rest, but I, I rest the guys that you feel that, uh, that might—I don't want to use the word fragile—but the guys that you feel that would benefit the most by being refreshed by a week off, someone and, like Pouncy. Yeah, I—I I think a Pouncy would be off. I remember—I mean, like I'm going back to 1994 here when they had a great season, and the final week of the season, they uh, Kevin Green was uh, could have gotten the sack record. And they rested Kevin Green, Neil O'Donnell. They rested huge starters, like four or five huge starters in that game and almost beat San Diego. They lost by three. And San Diego was a playoff team that year too. But they just did not need that victory. And it was a situation where you don't care about who you play. You care about who you're playing. When I say who you're playing, who is dressing
0: for the black and gold. Okay. That's a good point. Dave, do you agree with that sentiment? You sit players if so who?
1: If you you can't sit that many because you got to have players to sit players. I mean, there's going to be guys that even if you want to sit them You're going to probably dress them in case of emergency. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So Um, let's be
0: realistic. Use your analytical brain here. What what are some reasonable players that the Steelers could rest in week 17? If they, we know Ben. That's obvious.
1: Ben, because you still, you just have Ben inactive and you have Dobbs active. You can bring up two players off the practice squad if you really want to cover anything from any given position. Um, I would, I would love to say, and you might want to do that on the offensive line, it might be where that is. It might be, I would I would prefer to on the offensive line if I could, I would prefer to rest Pouncy DeCastro and Villanueva, but not fully rest, but at least one of them, if not two of them, are gonna to have to be active and backups just in case. So
0: you're gonna to have to Derwin re-sign Derwin Gray to get him in there because JC now would be at center. Who's going mean, to, and you would say the general? Well, Hoff- well,
1: first of all, you got to get Gray onto the practice squad. I don't know. I mean, because you can't just re sign him. You want to draft and drop right. someone. Um, you know, that's where it gets really tricky. That nice. That's to on top yeah. of it. But not too much. What, what about on the, the defense? defense? The defense who I would be resting would be Hayward and probably Hayden. That's, that's it? That's probably it. I mean, I would love to get Vince Williams. Um, a, a game off because i felt that he just seemed kind of off but he just might need he might just need some playing time but it would be nice to get some other linebackers in there where he didn't have to play as many snaps i so might be-
0: i might sit minka you have sean davis you could put him back there he can play Actually, the position have- i might sit minka because he's very he's a very crucial part of the defense yeah um how how um Fitting would it be possibly if Mason Rudolph starts the game in week 17 and knocks the Browns out of the playoffs if <laughs> they win yeah. the game? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be Poet Augustus at its finest. Yeah.
1: So, um, but you know, most think- importantly, I think we would all agree that it would be really nice to just rest Randy Feeder. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Wait, I I just clicked back over onto the screen with you guys. I haven't been watching you all the whole time. I've been looking up stats. And I saw someone said that in there after I said that. So I have to give credit. Who was that? Porta? Yeah, Port, Portna okay. Quenba said that there you go.
0: I said it. So very good. Steel Dog 88 gives us $5 that if Rudolph plays next week, the next game, will this be his audition to stay when his contract is due next season? And that's something a lot of people are, are forgetting is that Mason Rudolph will be going into his final year of his contract next year. Um, and yeah, at this point in, in his career, every time he can step on the field is a chance for him to prove himself. It's a chance for him to show... What he's capable of, whether that's with the Steelers or whether that's with someone else. So yeah, absolutely, he would be hoping to play extremely well. My melanated scope is four ninety nine. Beat the Browns and Ravens, likely get in. Mm, I don't know, y'all. I'd rather have the Brownies in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't,
1: Ravens. Raven. All the Ravens have to do is 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 win, and they're in. They're already the team right now that's not in is the Colts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm losing to the Steelers. The and Colts are now Browns the Ravens go to the Bengals next week, I, I believe. Yes. No. So put up some points today.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, the funny thing about this whole thing, I was telling people all week, if you're a Ravens fan, you're rooting for the Steelers this week. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> the Ravens rooting guide if I would have done. And people like, oh, I can't root for the Steelers. It's like, come on. Yeah, you have to.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, the Ravens are looking good, but they're a talented team. This isn't surprising to anyone that's been paying attention. So we'll see good discussion there to see, you know, talk about the potential of next week. We'll talk about that on all our shows this week. I'm sure leading up to, especially after Mike Tomlin, his press conference on Tuesday, when I I guarantee you, he he refused to answer the question in his post-game press conference. He said, we're going to enjoy our hats and t-shirts tonight. We'll worry about that tomorrow. So he did not answer that question. Now. Let's get to the defensive side of the football, shall we? Let's talk about the rushing defense. And this is, again, kind of like the tale of two halves, where you had Jonathan Taylor, who had 18 carries for 74 yards, 4.1 average, two touchdowns, an 18-yard long. Naheem Hines had eight carries for 44 yards. Ashton Doolin had one for eight, and Jacoby Brissett had a quarterback sneak for one. Uh, The Steelers, uh, man, I mean, it was... They struggled in the first half stopping the run. And then shockingly, I think you would all agree with me that the Colts got away from the run in the second half. They started to throw the ball more. This is like Houston Texans 2.0. This is exactly what we talked about in the Houston game when the Steelers came back from that deficit and beat the Texans at home. So, guys, how do you grade the rush defense? Brian, we'll start with you.
2: I'm gonna give him a B minus. I'm going to treat this the same way that I I treated Ben because that was Jonathan Taylor was amazing in the first half. Jonathan Taylor became home improvements, Jonathan Taylor Thomas in the second half and was not a factor. And if, if he could have, if he could have said Heidi Ho neighbor and uh, you just, uh, he could have taken the game apart for the Steelers and they could have done that. Cause look, that first drive where they got the field goal where thank goodness, TJ Watt got in there for the sack And that was a, that was a big deal holding them to the field goal there, but they took off five or six, five or six minutes off the clock. And they were, he, they were draining the clock with these guys, Hines and, and uh, Taylor, I was going to call him Thomas and Taylor. So, you you know, with that being said, I've got to say that they buckled down, they figured out how to do it. So let's give them a B minus with the arrow pointing upward.
0: I, I can't. We had two home improvement references there in that grading sequence with JTT, and then uh, the Heidi Hote. <laughs> so, Dave, if you could grade the run defense without <laughs> referencing that nineteen ninety sitcom, that would be great. Dave, what grade do you give the rush defense?
1: I I like Brian's of B minus, and I and I think, really, it, it. I don't think that they did that great at stopping the run. I just, like you said, I can't believe the Colts got away from it here. Listen to these numbers. In the first half, the Colts had 77 yards on 20 rushing attempts. And in the second half, they had 50 yards on eight rushing attempts. They only ran the ball eight times in the second half. Incredible. You know and I mean and they and they still ran it well. They ran it for 50 yards. I think the play that changed everything was when the Steelers did not score the touchdown. The Colts went to run the ball out the first time on the two-yard line, and they got caught for a one-yard loss. I mean, how many times did they run the ball after that the rest of the game? I don't know. Um, but that changed completely changed that drive and the Steelers getting the ball back where they did, and a lot of different things. So that was a really big play of a really big rush where the Steelers made the play and it it, it really changed the game.
0: I'm going to give him a D because I felt that it was that bad. And the only reason that it's not a more of a talking point at this time is because they got away from it. It's not because the Steelers stopped them. I still feel like if the Colts in the second half would have said we are just going to continue to run it right down their throat, it really felt like his average was not 5. But uh, Jonathan Taylor at 4.1, it felt like he was getting five yards of carry. It felt like every time he touched the ball, just give him five. And so I was really disappointed in the run defense. Alex Highsmith, he's a rookie. I get it. He's also struggling in run defense. Um, His prowess seems to be getting after the quarterback in terms of the skill set that he has. But I said it to Dave early on in the game. They are putting a tackle over top of Highsmith every time, and they're running it on his side. Because they want to get away from TJ Watt, why they got away from it, I have no idea. I don't think it was a Steelers' rush defense making adjustments. It was all because they, the Colts, stopped doing what was working. I don't know why. Freaky MC gives us five dollars. His Mason with the opportunity to shut the Browns out of the playoff and shut the haters up. Go get him, number two. Well, we'll see. We'll see. If he if if he plays next week, I might have to wear the jersey. I'm have to wear my Mason Rudolph jersey. <laughs> hey. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next. Uh, let's go to the pass rush. Philip Rivers. He throws 22 for 35 for 270. He was sacked five times for 32 yards. Let's talk about who were registered sacks. Uh, Avery Williamson had one, also had two tackles for loss, and one quarterback hit. Uh, Cameron Hayward was credited with one sack, one tackle for loss, and one quarterback hit. T.J. Watt, two sacks, one tackle for loss, and one quarterback hit. to it with one sack and one tackle for loss and two quarterback hits. I felt like maybe they – Dave and I were talking, maybe they would give a half of that to to, to Watt, the Tewitt sack. I don't know. I but thought they, so. Yeah, five sacks, seven quarterback hits. Guys, how do you grade the Steelers' pass rush in this game? Brian, go with you.
2: I'm giving them an A, and I don't care who was – who was active for the Colts as far as tackles, you know, at the end of that game, Highsmith, who was having, having the problems against the run, he had a very big play in there too. You know, so they were getting after the quarterback five sacks is what we've been hoping for, for a long, long time. And once again, it doesn't matter who they're trucking out there because we've seen backups playing at the tackle possession position in the last month, the Steelers have not been able to get to the quarterback. They did again. That's a big deal to me. If I haven't graded them already, I'm going to say A. All right, Dave.
1: I'm going A because there was a lot more to it than this. Speaking of to it, he was nowhere to be seen in the first half, and then started making plays in the second half. He might did he get his sack in the first half though? I can't remember, but it was one of those. I don't think it. I think it was in this. That's when he started to wake up. I can't remember exactly where it came. But you also got to remember, this pass rush made the difference in this game because not only was one of those sacks for T.J. Watt a sack, it was a forced fumble which set the Steelers up on a three Was it? Th- – I'm pretty sure it was a three-yard drive. If not, it might have been yep. four okay, that that's where they were set up. And the difference is, look at this. The Steelers scored 21 in the second half. The Colts scored 21 in the first half. The difference was... The Steelers had seven in the first half compared to the Colts' three in the second half. And the only reason they had that seven was because the defense set them up for it. That's how bad the offense was in the first half. They barely, I mean, they even needed help with a a penalty in order to to get that touchdown. But that was set up on the great pass rush, and it was affecting Rivers the whole game. You can't, I mean, I don't think there was a, a single time in the second half you can say that the pass rush wasn't affecting what was going on in the decisions that had to be made
0: yeah no, you're right i, I i'm going to give them an a i thought that they done it they did a great job and they did what. here's a, here's why i give an a they did what they should have done against two tackles that were not their starting tackles we've talked about this ad nauseum against teams that struggle to protect the quarterback and the steelers don't get home they don't get the sacks that we all expect them to on the steelers preview i'll say over under on steelers sacks we'll go with Four and a half, and Brian will say they're going to have seven or they're going to have eight. What do they end up with, like two or three? This was a game against a team that does a good job protecting the quarterback. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. The Colts had only the, given up the second lowest sack totals, only second to the Steelers.
1: Yes, I can this even game. give you that exact you know, I number.
0: Know, I don't need to know. Yeah, but 16, it, it was low.
1: I mean, they, I mean, who cares?
0: I know they were missing both starting tackles. 16. That's part of the yes, – Sixth team that- coming into this week.
1: That's Making part of money. the reason. Yeah, then that is correct. I knew 12 was one of the numbers. I couldn't remember if that was the Steelers.
0: or the Steelers, yeah.
1: um, So, yes, it was two different tackles. But all you can do is play against the players you're yeah. lined up against. I remember my bold prediction was that the Steelers weren't going to get any. They were going to end the streak. Yeah, that was a good Or either of the tackles was out. So, needless <laughs> to say, I, I didn't feel – and I told you guys, I hope that was wrong on that one. Right. Um So – Yeah. I mean, anytime you look at this, basically a quarter of the sacks the Colts have given up on the year was to the Pittsburgh Steelers in one game. That's,
0: that's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. So I I give them an a absolutely Canadian curtain gave us five Canuck bucks and didn't include the question. So this was the next comment. I assume it's what it was. It's someone reminded BTR that's Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger (laughs) That he is the best quarterback drafted in 2004. Enough said. He's referring to Mr. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, my arch nemesis. Uh,
2: <laughs> I love that you're an arch nemesis.
0: You guys have
2: combined 500 children, and you hate the guy. I don't understand it.
0: He's such a crybaby. I mean, you saw it on that pass oh, on the yeah, he's, sideline. He's over there whining. Gosh, there's something about his face. I want to punch him right. He in the should. Side. He should play for Harbs. <laughs> He, he and Harbs on the sideline together would be like, I've made my head would explode. I couldn't take it. <laughs> All right, let's go down to the secondary, the Steelers secondary. So again, Phillip rivers, 22 of 35, 270 yards, one touchdown, one interception, uh, the receiving core Zach Pasqua at three catches for 64 yards, that 42 yard touchdown T Y Hilton three for 60, uh, and boy, did T Y Hilton get away with that, that defensive pass interference call, on Steven Nelson when Nelson looked like he came up with an interception. I don't know guys. Real quick, Brian, I know Dave agrees with me cuz he was in my house watching the game. That was as much offensive pass interference as it was defensive pass interference, you agree? Absolutely. He's a wily veteran. He knows how to do that stuff.
1: Wily. I I can't say it was a bad call, but it, it wasn't was a good one either. It was yeah. They would have the the better call in that situation because of how much they were fighting was to not throw the flag. And I'll be honest with you, in my opinion, if that's not fourth down, if that's second down, they probably let it go. You're
0: probably right. And it it, it shouldn't matter. Anyways, it's I true. digress. It shouldn't matter. Michael Pittman Jr. had three catches for 38 yards. Mo Ali Cox had one catch for 20. Naheem Hines, five for 20. Trey Burton, three for 18. They completed passes to seven different receivers. Uh, looking at the Steelers side of things, you look at the secondary, Micah Fitzpatrick had eight tackles with one pass defense. Steven Nelson, six tackles. Uh, Joe Hayden did get burned on that Pascal uh, touchdown. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly. No, Mike, you're right. Mike, Mike Hilton yeah. had a big game, four tackles, two solo, two pass uh, defenses. He f- had the uh, fumble recovery, and he also had the interception. Uh, so take that for so what Guys, let's grade out this. This is a tough grade for me. Grade out the Steelers secondary. Brian, go ahead. I feel like I'm going riding the B-minus train a
2: whole heck of a lot because that Zach Paschal thing was completely egregious. They did not look to be on point in the first half, but I thought they really put it together in the second half, and I thought they were good in the second half. And you're right about that that call on Nelson. That was a whole bunch of hooey, and I, I really thought you had a good effort from them. Dave? All right,
1: you're gonna get a Dave answer. Oh, um boy. you said no because you you didn't say the pass defense. you said the secondary and for me the secondary is going to get an a minus. the only thing keeping them back was that long touchdown that Hayden gave up, which was those guys were out on an island out there because they because they sent a big blitz on that play and they didn't get home. so but you you still got to be right there. it wasn't like he was beat bad, but he was beat enough to give up the mm-hmm. touchdown. The secondary in the pass in the passing game, I think, did a good job. The deficiency lies in they were constantly throwing, whether in the zone, or or even if they were the times they might have the few times they were in man, they were constantly looking for the Williams or Williamson um matchup out there, yeah. and constantly looking for guys, finding holes in that one. Um, I really wish Stephen Nelson could could keep his feet a little bit better at times. There was a couple times where he it's funny you say I said oh he pushed off and then we watched the replay I said he crossed his feet over and tripped on his own feet you know you got to not cross your feet but I thought they did a great job we were talking about Jeff we wanted him to pass the ball we wanted to pass the ball because we felt between the Steelers secondary and the pass rush good things would happen for the Steelers defense the one place they're lacking is those coverage linebackers
0: You're right. And so when you do talk about when you bring in the linebackers, that definitely does muddy the water a little bit. So I'm going to give them a, I'm going to give them a B. I thought it was a good game and they made the plays when necessary. And I think, gosh, Minka Fitzpatrick. He doesn't drop those, those plays in the fourth quarter. in that last drive where the Colts are driving like that, that ball, like, mega doesn't miss those too many times we will put it that way but still a good job i thought the defense stood tall and they needed to talk about again this was a game i feel like we've said this a million times this season the tale of two halves you know something's going so good the one week and or one half and then it's completely flipped roles flip the script so we'll get to that black and gold goggles gives us 499 it says can we start wrapping up our tackles Start throwing and stop throwing the shoulder. It costs us a touchdown with Taylor today, and will hurt us long term. Well, I do think a lot of that is Jonathan Taylor is tough to bring down. He's not a guy that's going going to get brought down by one tackle. He's running hard. I told Dave when we were watching the the Steelers have no one that can do that. The way that he was eluding tacklers in the backfield, (laughs) very, very good running back. Going to be good for a long time. Good, Brian.
2: If you checked out the Steelers pregame show the other day, um, Coach Kevin Smith had an opportunity to uh, scout taylor when he was in high school and because he was you know scouting another player another team and got to watch him play in new jersey and he said he is a man he was a man among boys in high school and he is probably one of the toughest that he's seen as far as tackling that 230 pound beast
1: yeah dave anything dad i thought he ran hard yeah, honestly, and honestly, it's <laughs> <and honestly, laughs> one thing that I noticed, and I'm going to say, uh, hey, I had to be able to say it, um, is that I'm going to I'm going to say whether it be rust or or still from getting over COVID, Vince Williams does not usually give up one to two yards of letting the runner run fall forward. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was Vince getting coming on his way back or even more of a testament to Taylor I can't break that down for sure but it was one of those two things
0: he did miss two games like that that's something and these yeah. weren't like those weird weeks like he missed two games I mean he was clearly not right but yeah you're, you're probably right I do want to bring this up let's grade the coaching staff for a second uh just as a whole um we can nitpick a little bit but Jerry cherry band who is a great friend of the show if you listen to our audio uh, Podcast. It's his music that leads in everything, except for Michael Beck's show. That crazy Canuck. I don't know where he gets his stuff, uh, but still, it's the Jerry Cherry band. And so when he chimes in, I like to you know show him some love. He says, "Dude, did we talk about the horrible time management at the end of the half?" He's talking about the first half when the Steelers ended up going into the locker room holding on to a timeout. I'm going to let Dave go first here. Dave, if you're going to grade the coaching staff and if you want to dive into that time management, you can at this time. How do you grade the coaches after this week 16 game?
1: Well, to talk specifically about that time management, real quick, um, they got out coached on that one. The reason they got out coached with the time management is what did the Colts do? They, the clock was running and what was it like 40 seconds about, I don't know. And they run to the line, like they're going to go quick. And it's what third and 18. Mm-hmm. So they run to the line, like they're trying to go quick and the Steelers are like, oh, all right, we got to be ready. And then they sat there and wasted all that time to let the clock run down. So they kind of bluffed the Steelers into thinking they were going to go quick, and they and when they didn't use the timeout, and it cost them plenty of time. They they probably could have had enough time to to at least get a field goal attempt there because they were just um, a, a little bit too far out. So that when they kind of got out coached, um, I I felt whenever the team comes out with the same offensive script um, offensively, I mean. One, it's not good plays, and two, if you're going to execute your scripted plays that poorly, then why are they your your why are they your scripted plays? The first two plays of the game, they run quick slants and Ben Roethlisberger throws the ball at guys' ankles. And people yeah. are like, Well, hit their hands, but they were reaching down at the ground, not even diving forward, reaching down at their ankles. That's not an easy play to do on a quick slant. And if they do make that catch, they can't keep running with it. Um. So I don't know how much of that I'm going to put on coaching rather than than there was times where they just didn't purely execute. I thought the Steelers coaching-wise on defense did well.
0: Brian Anthony
2: Davis. For the most part, you know, first of all, Dave, absolutely correct. For the most part, I thought the second half was a great – I mean, they adjusted, and that's coaching adjustments, so I'm really happy about that. I thought it was the same old Steelers in the first half when I say same old Steelers of the last four weeks, and I hated it. So I'm going to go ahead and say B-minus again and just ride that train until it, it crashes. But I got to tell you that that coaching, I mean, I don't care if Rivers, you know, bluffed them. All of a sudden, you got to think, oh, wait, he's bluffing us. Time out. Yeah. And it wasn't even done. And you had three at your, your disposal. I mean, it's just like, And he's laughing about it, just like they got laughed at by Alex Smith going, ha-ha, I pulled the wool over their eyes. At the end of halves, you have quarterbacks walking off laughing at you. Now, I know that wasn't the coaching staff's fault with the Washington game. I know. But it's just, there's just these little things that keep on popping up that are bugging me. And, you know, they get a B-minus because, hey, forget about it. They won. And that's that's the big thing, but that's the kind of stuff that could kill you, going into the the playoffs.
1: And can I say one other thing about that? Sure. That made a bit. Yeah. bring up. You've got to try to do something there, knowing that the Colts were getting the ball to come out of halftime. If you're getting the yes. ball at a halftime, I understand playing it that way. The way you were playing offensively, you weren't, and that makes a big difference.
0: I I learn I learn a lot about the game of football not so much by watching the Steelers but also the opponent and what you saw especially in the first half you saw an offensive team that is very well coached and their head coach Frank Reich is a very good offensive minded coordinator and a coach he's proven it wherever he's gone you saw the Colts dictate what they did to the opposition and the Steelers I am still waiting for their offense to be able to do the same. And here's the thing. They have the team that can do that. Do they need to run the ball better? Yes. But from an offensive passing standpoint, I feel like they just need to be able to be willing to mix it up more. What did you see in the second half? You saw them mixing it up more. You saw shots down the field. You saw, you saw unique play designs. You saw them throwing to the James Conner out of the backfield. You saw them running some screen plays. That's the creativity and the, we'll call it we we'll just mixing it up it, it just it's, it's incredible to me how when you see other teams and you're like man how does it look so easy because it never looks easy for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense ever and I mean ever I'm going to give the coaches a c-plus this week because that first half was just absolutely dreadful on both sides of the football the Canadian curtain gives us another five canuck bucks with Bud not being on a franchise tag next year, how much will it cost to sign number 28? That's Mike Hilton long-term. I think it's a must. He's the best slot corner in the AFC. I, I don't want to dive too much into like the free agent stuff because we're going to talk about that when the season's over a lot. But guys, priorities, is Mike Hilton one of them? Brian, go with you first. He could be.
2: Um, or they might, they might uh, put their money... In the uh, in the arms of a guy like Cam Sutton too, I, you know, I think it would be a priority. It just depends on the market yeah. and what other what the uh, what the greedy guys with a lot of uh, cap room are willing to throw at a guy. Dave?
1: Yeah, and it which is crazy because we say, well, what's the cap situation? Well, with the NFL announcing that they're they're going forward with 17 games next year is the plan, which means new TV deals, which could help save the salary cap somewhere. It's not as low. And that sounds great for the Steelers, but here's the other thing. That means those other teams that would want to try to lure them away, they're gonna have more money to do that too. It's not it's <laughs> In essence, it's really going to even itself out. I could see someone throwing a lot of money at Hilton, but frankly, between if you're looking at Sutton, Hilton, Dupree, if I could only pick one of them to keep, believe it or not, I'm going Mike Hilton right now based on this season.
0: And what- I, if you can afford him, I think you're absolutely right. And if you can get a team friendly deal, I think he would probably like to stay. I think he loves his dealers. They were obviously a team that gave him a chance. But we'll see. John Knox gives us $5. To me, Tomlin was fine not giving the ball back to the offense with 50-ish seconds left. They hadn't shown they could do anything all first half. And he's not wrong. And maybe that is – I'm sure Tomlin will be asked about that in his press conference on Tuesday, and we'll absolutely be uh, talking about that a lot. Um, Alfred gives us $1.99. He said Canada called plays. It's low-key till the offseason. I don't know about that. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe we're running some
1: they were running some some up tempo stuff.
0: It might have been they more were, they were, it could have been. All right, let's do some uh final thoughts here before we call it a show. Brian, we'll start with you. All right, once again, we talked about
2: it earlier in the show at the beginning. This is the 45th anniversary of the first terrible tau when Myron they weren't actual terrible towels at that point they were towels and it was against the colts on december 27th 1975 and it was so fitting that this was the anniversary and it's actually sad that there were none in the stands because there weren't fans in the stands but
0: that place would have been rocking brian oh it
2: would have been rocking would have been rocking oh it would have been crazy and so that leads to my next point my next point is this if this had been a playoff game this would have been one of the greatest games in Steeler history because we would be talking about this comeback forever. So I want you to think about that. We have seen games this season. We saw the Tennessee game where they came out rocking and they barely won that game at the end. I would much rather you have a situation where the Steelers start off slow and at the end of that game, even when they were still down by 10 points, I'm like, all right, I think they've got this. I wasn't thinking that on halftime, but you think they got this. And it just seemed like the Steelers we were waiting for. This is a complete reawakening. This is, you know, confidence is back. This is the kind of win that you take back into that locker room and you see, you say, see, fellas, I told you, you gotta believe. And now this is what you can do. Let's do it for a full 60 going forward. And then you have got a, a completely new season. It it seems it it seems like they woke up and it seems like the script flipped, and that is the name of this podcast, because they flipped the script finally. Dave, final
0: thoughts. Go ahead.
1: Did we miss this one? What's that? This was earlier. This this live chat or super chat. No, I guess I did. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. This was 499 from Jeremy Smith. He said, how about the Steelers getting called for block in the back when they were punting? Make it make sense. I wish Um, I could. (laughs) I I never saw the actual call because I'm like, they said that's on the Steelers. And we're sitting there saying something about it. I'm like, I guess we'll see if they pointed the wrong way when they came back. And they said it was on the Steelers, but they didn't show it. More than likely, that meant when the team was rushing that they probably maybe blocked someone from behind as they were rushing in. I can't figure out any other thing to make it make sense. Um, I would have to watch watch it over again. My final thought, or did you want to get other Super Chats that you have coming up?
0: Well, let's you, let's do this. Uh, Matt, who gives us 13. He's got to do it. I'm glad he yeah, did. So let's do it again. 1303 for 13 and 3 for 13-3. and On to the Browns. Great team win. Let's keep the momentum going. I'll say it again. Everyone, relax. Happy New Year's, BTSC fam. Let's start 2021 with a W and smash in the playoffs. I love that. Positive thinking, my friend. Yep. I appreciate that. And Happy New Year to you, too. Go ahead, Dave.
1: Oh my! So many, so many final thoughts about this game. When the Steelers got to within three, that's when I I didn't even want to say it to Jeff, and I was and I was still nervous. But at that point, I felt that they were going to win the game, you know. And but then part of me with it when they took the lead, I'm like, I don't think they're going to relinquish this here. I think they're going to hold on. I just it just felt it just felt different for some reason. I felt this team come alive. I mean, I felt they were dead. They felt like they had no fire. I was, I'm like, these are grown men playing a grown man's game. And they're out there playing soft. They were playing soft in that first half. And I'm like, what is it going to take for this team to wake up? Because I, I, at that point, we all probably felt that the season was done. They were going to lose out, do nothing, the playoffs be done. And the softness disappeared. It disappeared in that second half. So this is all about moving forward. Who are we going to see? I know part of me was like rest got for the playoffs. Part of me wants to be like, keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. But I could I don't want guys to get hurt either. So that's that's one thing. But we want to know, what kind of team are we going to see in the, in the postseason? Are we going to see the first-half team from this week or the second-half team? Are they going to come out and, and, and look like they're soft and just not together, or are they going to go out there and put it away? All I know is that it had been since the month of November since we saw the Steelers playing what I would call adequate football and they came back in a big way in this half year to finish out this this 2020. So let's roll this into January and let's get it done.
0: Absolutely, Kathy Ford gives us five dollars. His great show, great win. See you on the, with the Hangover guys tomorrow. Thank you, Kathy, very much. For me, simple. This was a special win for a lot of reasons. On a day that they had a moment of silence for Kevin Green before the game, for the Steelers to come out and come from behind. A part of me, if I closed my eyes and thought. You would see 91 out there with the long hair, the blonde hair flowing out of the back of the helmet, raging, just pumping his fist, getting the fans jacked up on the sidelines. It would have been a great Kevin Green type game uh, at Heinz Field. But also it was important because I got to watch the game with my dad. Uh, I haven't watched a game with him in a long time. He was in for the holidays. I know he came over here and they picked this weekend because of this game. And I'm sitting there I'm like this can't happen. Like I haven't watched a game with my dad or my brother in years. This can't be the way that they play and they come from behind. It was a great memory. So I know that's not like super X's and O's about the Steelers moving forward. This was a great win. Enjoy the win. That's what I'm going to say. Enjoy the win because we've no. Know- they go back to the last three weeks. Remember what the alternative was. So the Steelers clinched the AFC North. There's a lot to talk about, and we will be breaking it down at all this week on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop. For all things Pittsburgh Steelers, we'll get to the super chats here. Uh, Alfred gives us another $1.99. Is it only takeaway when Ben turns it on? We're good. Let's try to keep that on. And then uh, thanks, Mean Joe. $5. It's Steelers, King of the North. Yet again, Woohoo! Colts, one of the best O-lines, gives the defense a bit of a pass. But how to fix the O-line for the playoffs? It's a million-dollar question. Let's we'll see if they can figure it out. Make sure you follow us on our podcast platform, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe or follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. As for the Brian and Dave, the Steelers win 12-3. and three. We'll be back next week after another game, AFC North action to finish up the regular season. Steelers at Browns. Should be a 1 o'clock game. I'd be shocked if they move it. But stay tuned. We'll see you. Steelers win. Feels good. Take it easy.